Our reading today comes from John chapter 13, beginning in verse 12. After Jesus had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and, that, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, so you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have, I have set an example for you, that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, your servants are not greater than their master, nor are the messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not—oh, that's the end of the reading. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the things that always happens, I'll ask especially students to read, and they'll get nervous, and so they'll read really fast, and they'll just blow by the end of the reading. And I'm like, okay, eventually you're kind of like, you got to stop. But nobody will ever stop me in this church from reading the Bible. So you, you won't raise your hand and say, Pastor Bob, because, um, yeah, it just won't happen. I, I wish it would. You should tell me when I'm way off base and stop me and make me go the other direction. We're in this series called Knowing God, Growing Together, and reaching out, which is our mission statement. It's pretty simple and straightforward. This is who we believe, or where we believe God is calling us to, do, to go, and what we believe God is calling us to do, to connect people to God, to grow in community, and to reach out with the love of Jesus Christ, as we've said. But over this season, we've been asking this question, well, how are we going to get there? What are going to be the things that we're going to do to help us get to this place? And so over the last two weeks, we've brought up the first two of what we're going to call our core strategies. One, uh, we will focus on Jesus because Jesus is the only reason we're here. We really believe the reason we gather is because Jesus died and rose again and called us to new life in him. And the second is this. Uh, we will build relationships because we believe that relationships change lives. And so we're, at, we're saying this, that we believe that the relationships that we have with each other will change our lives and will change each other's lives. We believe the relationships we build outside these walls will continue to connect people back to God. This is what we believe God has called us to do over the last couple weeks. But this week, we find our way into a third of these. And that, this one, I'd love for you to read this with me as we go to this third um, core strategy. So let's read this together. We will choose to serve because serving brings heaven to earth. For the most part, when I read this, I think I even hesitated when I started to say it. And maybe we all kind of feel this way. What do we mean bringing heaven to earth? Who cares about our job of bringing heaven to earth? Is that really what we're supposed to do? Why are we even saying that that's what we want to do? And I wondered who would care and why would this matter? And then I began to remember that we have these prayers that we pray over and over again. And in the middle of Matthew, Jesus begins to say what he believes our job is on earth. We pray these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, we're asking for a job. This prayer uh, was given to the people uh, during the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus was teaching them what it would mean to pray. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the thought is, is that heaven is somewhere there, and it's for later. And right now, we're about here, and we should just sort of focus on here, and this is what's going on. And Jesus says, I need you to know that there's going to be a mixing of these two things. 
When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he sort of says, well, it's here now and it's coming. And we kind of go, what do you mean? And then he clarifies. We pray, God, your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job is to continually bring the realities that are of heaven here to earth. So the question is then, how do things work in heaven? If that was our job, if Jesus is asking us to pray this, how do things work in heaven? Um, I tried asking this on Wednesday night with our little kids at the, uh, at the children's sermon, and they just stared at me. They were like, what's, I was like, what's heaven like? And they went, uh, I don't know. And I thought about that for a minute, and I went, I bet if I asked wide swaths of people, you'd be like, I don't want to say because I'm not really sure, and I don't quite know how all these things work together. What is heaven like? But the Bible actually gives us some pictures of what God's kingdom, the places where God is the king, how those things will work. And in the middle of some of those pictures, we get this image, and it's called the Trinity. There's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three who we know are part of God's kingdom. They're in heaven. Wherever heaven is, those three are there. And this is a painting that was painted by a Russian named Rublev. And it's designed to depict the Trinity. That's the goal. He was trying to show people, what does the Trinity look like? And I don't know that he thought that he had the colors of their robes right or the colors of the halos around their heads right. But one of the things that's interesting about this picture is the way that they're looking at each other. Because in paintings, the person who sits straight up is in charge, and everybody who bows their head toward them is sort of a subject to them, saying, you're in charge and I am deferring to your authority. But when Rublev paints the Trinity, he, he paints them all leaning in toward each other, almost like they're giving way to each other. I kind of wondered about this. A couple years ago, I read a book called The Shack. There's going to be a movie out about this over the next couple months. I'm sure it will be all over the news. The Shack is a fascinating book with some things in there that have nothing to do with the Bible and other things in there that seem to picture a lot of what we see in Scripture. Just don't read it and assume if you read The Shack, you don't, shouldn't read the Bible anymore. You should always check these things against each other. It's a priority. But when I read that book a few years ago, one of the things that stood out to me was when Mac, who's the main character, is sitting, he's watching God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, these three characters, interacting with each other. He shows up, and they're having, they're having a conversation as he's just waking up in the morning. And Paul Young, who wrote the book, writes these words. It wasn't what God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were talking about that captured Mac. It was how they related. He had never seen three people share with such simplicity and beauty. Each seemed more aware of the others than of themselves. Well, that's a good idea. That sounds nice. You know, everybody kind of cares about each other more than they're worried about themselves. That's a wonderful idea, but could it even work? You see, humans— by nature, figure out who's in charge and who reports to who. It simplifies things. It deals with our relationships. It helps us figure out, well, who's going to lead who and how are these things going to work? It's just how we operate. But I don't know that God really understands that. I don't know that that's how God maybe not understands it. I don't know that that's how God operates in any idea. In fact, when Jesus is on earth, 
he actually says this in John 13. For I, Jesus, have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. This is what you should do, Jesus says. He stops them. And in the midst of trying to figure out who's in charge and who's the greatest, these stories come up, or trying to figure out what's going to happen next, Jesus is telling them, here is an example I've given for you. He says these words that we read just a few minutes ago in John 13. And he does it right at the end of a long story that comes at the beginning of John 13. Jesus and his disciples are sitting at a a table together. They're eating together. They're having what we know as the Last Supper. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when they tell the story, tell the story about how Jesus takes a cup and a piece of bread and he institutes the First Communion. But when John tells the story, he says this, that as they were eating together, Jesus stopped. He got up from the table. He took off his outer robes, and he put on the robes of a servant. He put on the uniform of the servant. And he took out a bucket of water, and he went around the table, and he washed his disciples' feet. He washed their feet. Over, or throughout that time, he began to share with them, what does it mean to wash feet? It was so offensive that, that Jesus would take this role of a servant that his disciples, these people who were his students who followed him, one of them, Peter, said, you'll never wash my feet. I wash your feet. He said, this isn't how things are going to work. And Jesus says, this is how I work. I have set you an example wash each other's feet. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, he said, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. In human ideas, kingdoms are about power. They're about strength and about brute force. This is how we're going to operate. We're going to have strength, and we're going to lord over one another. It's about having a leader who is strong. This is not how God's kingdom works. When God shows his kingdom, he shows it in the form of Jesus serving his disciples, of Jesus giving his life for others. Jesus' example changes our perspective about what God is calling us to and about how we will give ourselves away. You see, the truth is, when we serve others, we look like Jesus When we serve others, we look more and more like Jesus. Now, I'm about to say something really groundbreaking. Okay, so just hold on a minute. I'm convinced that the world would be better if Jesus was in it. Yeah, amazing, huh? I bet pretty much everybody in the room is going, actually, I can get on board with that. I'm convinced that the world would be better if Jesus was around serving people. That totally makes sense. We get that. Of course we think that. But when Jesus leaves earth, he doesn't say, I'm gone, and why don't you fend for yourselves? In fact, Paul gives us a picture. He says, the body of Christ will be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to look like Jesus. We're called to serve like Jesus. We're called to act like Jesus, because we are Christ's ambassadors on earth. It's our job to represent Jesus in the world, and serving makes us look like him, both when we're here and both far away. We welcome people to this church like Jesus when we serve one another here, when we care for each other. It's why we work hard to make sure that there are people who will help out and bless other people, whether it be um, trying to, to make sure there's refreshments so that when you come in, you're comfortable, 
trying to make sure there are people who will help you get uh, to where you need to go and to figure out what's going on if you're new here, trying to make sure there are people who will smile and greet you and say hello and ask how you're doing all the time. Because sometimes you've been here a hundred or two hundred or four hundred times before, and you simply need to know that you're part of something and that you belong on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday evening. We look more like Jesus when when we serve each other here, but we look more like Jesus when we go out from this place and serve each other in this community. Jesus shows up in the world. God's kingdom shows up when we serve each other. And it's amazing to, to think that, that it's our call to serve each other. Sometimes um, Christianity scares me because people will come up to me and they'll say, you know, I, I didn't like church A or I didn't like this community because I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I'll be like, I, I kind of want to stop and say for a minute, don't forget that the goal of Christian community is not for us to get something. What you're here to get, I'm already telling you, is this reality. You are God's beloved, forgiven child. Treat your neighbor like that. Treat others like that. Don't let them forget this reality too, that a God who could have spent his time in heaven came to earth and sat among us. He served people. He blessed people. He wanted them to know what it meant to see God's kingdom among them. If we are, as a church are going to look like Jesus, we can't think about what we're going to get. We have to think about how we're going to give and serve and bless others. Because this isn't about us. It's about how do we give ourselves away to one another. Jesus' disciples were arguing in a different story. And they were trying to figure out who was the greatest. And Jesus stops them and says this, Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, just as the Son of Man came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you want living waters to feel like heaven? Serve each other. Bless each other. Care for each other. Do you want Fargo to feel more like heaven? Get out there and wash feet. What are the jobs that nobody wants to do? that nobody has the time or the energy or the will in order to care? Who are the people that nobody's serving and are forgotten and not cared for? Those people are the people that you and I are called to. To bless. To serve. To bring a little slice of heaven from wherever it is into that place. We want to be bold. We want to say things that we believe to be true. Jesus asked us to pray these words, your will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think he means it in this simple way. Our job is not to say heaven is out there somewhere and we're going to get there eventually, but it's to say that we believe God is bringing little bits, little glimpses, little foretastes of the feast to come here on earth through you and through me as we serve and care for each other. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Jesus teaches us to pray. We're the church, and that means that we are God's ambassadors, God's representatives on earth. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, serve one another as I have served you. And that's our charge too. 
So I'm going to encourage you. Uh, we're going to put this, this on the screen because this is what we believe this means for us. And so if you would say this with me today, we will choose to serve because serving brings heaven to earth. Let's pray. Son of God, the one who cares and blesses others, the one who we see throughout the scriptures blessing people and honoring his father, this God that we see honoring a son and a spirit, the spirit working among them. We pray that earth would look a little more like heaven and that we would honor one another, that we would bless one another, that we would serve one another in all the ways that we can, that we can see your kingdom show up at Living Waters, in Fargo and West Fargo and Moorhead and in the communities around us, wherever we might go. We're praying that we would see your kingdom here. Amen.